Welcome to the Mother Together podcast. This is Tiana. This is Arielle. And we're two moms empowering other mamas not to settle in their motherhood, relationships, careers, and self-worth. So we always talk a lot about what a VA is and what kind of task you could do for your clients, but we never talk about really what makes you a good virtual assistant. So today we're going to talk about 10 traits that make you an amazing virtual assistant. Yes, and the reason why we think this is important to talk about is because we talk with so many clients who specifically say they look for traits and not skills because if they have traits, they can teach skills, but you can't always teach someone with skills certain traits. So these are the traits you know that we have seen in ourselves and other successful VAs. So the first one is motivation. So you have to be motivated because yes, you have the flexibility to work from home, to work poolside, to work at the park, to work in Target if you want to. Mm -hmm. You have that flexibility, but you have to be motivated to also get your work done and show up for your clients. And not even that, but before you even land your first client, you have to be motivated to do the work to actually find clients. Mm -hmm. Um, If you have listened to the episode that we did with Danae Wolf, uh, she talks about how consistency is key. So you have to be doing the work every single day to get to that point. So it's before and after, during, all the above. The second trait is going to be resourceful. The importance of resourcefulness is so key because whenever you're working with a client, they tell you to do something and all you do is ask them how to do it, Mm -hmm. then that's just not going to be a successful relationship. If you don't know how to do it, that's fine, but Google it you know, ask people around you that might know the answer, do all of the things before you go back to the client and say, Hey, I couldn't figure out how to do this exactly. Or I have a couple questions, Mm -hmm. but you have to be resourceful. And it it really is easy to find resources in this day and age because, you know, the internet. This is a really important one. I feel like for a lot of clients, I remember taking on a client um, when I first got started and he was like, yeah, like I've had this many assistants and I was like, you know, kind of scared, like, well, why didn't they work out? Mm-hmm. And he was like, well, they weren't resourceful. So mm-hmm. a good example of, of this would be like, if they ask you to, to book, you know, to book a reservation at this restaurant, something very simple. And they're like, okay, well, like what's the, what's the restaurant's phone number and, mm-hmm. you know, address? Well, don't ask them that. Like, go Google that. Like, they told you the name of the restaurant. You know their location already because you've been working with them. So go just Google that restaurant. And if you're still, like, maybe there's, like, five of the same restaurants. Maybe there's, like, ten Chick-fil-A's. And, like, he really wants to get this one Chick-fil-A and you don't want to put it in his calendar. Well, like, ask him, like, on, you know, this this road or this. Is this the correct one? And he's going to be like, yeah. Or she'll be like, yeah. So that's a good example of, like, being resourceful and not sitting there waiting for the client to give you all the tasks, like, I need this done, and then every single detail that he wants done. Or if they're asking a question that you can't find, pick up the phone and call the place. Like, Mm -hmm. ask them. Uh, One of the tasks that we do in our program that's, like, an example task to get ladies warmed up is to go and research uh, event locations for a, a mock retreat. And so to do that, they would have to either research or call these event spaces to get information. Now, obviously, they don't have to do it because they're not turning it into a client, but they always ask, like, do I do I need to call them since I'm not actually giving this information? And I always <laughs> say, you know, that's up to you. Like, if you want to learn how to be resourceful and what that feels like, then yeah, because it's not going to hurt to call and get information for a fake 
situation, but it's just the practice of being resourceful and, and learning that you have the power to find information. We are so used to in a nine to five being given everything and in training, being told exactly what we need to do that once we're in our job, if it's not within our job description, we don't do it. Mm -hmm. And that's totally fine. I wouldn't either if I was getting paid hourly like that, but in this job, you really have to own it and go out and be resourceful. Yes. Okay, so the next one is being trustworthy, which we also relate to being reliable. Yeah, so the client, they put a lot of trust in you. Like you get access sometimes to their bank accounts, to their social security card uh, or number, to their credit cards. Like you have access to all of this like highly sensitive, important information, um, access even about things in their business. Mm -hmm. And so they have to be able to trust you. So you have to be a trustworthy person because this is a lot of trust that they're putting into you, you know, when you're normally states away from them. And the way that you can show that you are this person is by one, like showing up on time for things. So when you're having intro calls, whenever you're having check-ins, showing up on time, uh, being presentable. So it doesn't mean you have to have a suit on, but like just look like you have your stuff together. And then also saying, you know, I how would you like to exchange password information or financial information? Like I have have some sort of password manager set up for yourself, like LastPass or one password or something like that. And if they, if they try to send you, and most of the time they will try to send you like their social security number or their driver's license number over email, stop them and say, Hey, this is not safe. Like, why don't you give me a call or text it to me or something like that? And then I can put it in my password manager and then if they say no, you know, that's on them. But take those steps to keep them safe. Okay, so the next one is being proactive, which is honestly probably the second most sought-after trait that I hear from clients other than being resourceful. So being proactive means you are doing things before the client asks you. So like what Tiana said earlier, if a client asks to you to make a reservation at a restaurant, and that's all they say. Make a reservation for this time, this day. That's all they say. Being proactive is going and making that reservation and then adding it to their calendar, adding the address of the restaurant, the number of the restaurant, a link to, if you made the reservation online, a link to update that reservation. Basically any information you can think of, I'll even add the menu in there, ask the client if they want you to add anyone you know, to the invite, like if someone else, you, you might know, you know, if you're making the reservation for four people, like do you mean to add the other you know, invites or whatever, just be proactive and make their life easier. You can do this in really small ways like that or really big ways. Um, you almost have to be proactive or the relationship is not going to succeed because most clients, they don't have the bandwidth and that's why they haven't had an assistant mm -hmm. to bring you on and then tell you everything that they need. So every time you have a check-in, even if they've given you tasks, you talk to them and say, okay, do you need me to do X, Y, and Z? I noticed you said that you are going to visit family this weekend. Do you need me to help with flights? Do you need me to um, order any gifts that you're bringing for your family or like whatever you, you can think of? Just, I mean, don't make up like stupid stuff and <laughs> random things, but like if it's relevant, bring it to their attention and say, hey, don't forget, I can do this for you. Always be reminding them of the tasks that you can do for them. Yeah. So the next one is like organized time management. So organized, I would break this down into obviously, yes, your calendar. If you have multiple clients, you want to be able to know which time you have set aside for each client or what is priority for, you know, each client. 
or in what's priority for that day. And I would also add to like set up system. So like, do you have a password manager, calendar invoicing, your project management tool, all of these things already set up before you get your first client. So then when you're onboarding this client, you already know like, okay, like this is a password manager I'm gonna use. This is, you know, what I use to share tasks here, like Asana. Now some clients may already have one set up, but if they do not have one set up, you could say, hey, this is a great one that I use. So then also time management with that because you have to know exactly what you need to do every single day and then fit it into your life. So we always call it a sprinkle. You're sprinkling your work into your day with your kids. So you have to have a little bit of time management. It doesn't mean that you have to have a super strict routine, but you just have to be able to manage your time each day. Take it day by day too. So the next one is being adaptable, which uh, I feel like you have, I mean, you just absolutely have to be in the online business world because it changes so often, you know, you're nine to five, you know, my husband works at a bank and his day to day doesn't really change a whole lot. Maybe like month to month or quarter to quarter, it would change. But for the most part, his day to day doesn't change. Whereas mine, while I'm doing the same tasks, I can be doing them differently. So not even just that of like being able to switch hats of what I'm doing throughout the day. But like, if my client comes to me and says, Hey, I know you've been working on booking this trip to X, Y, and Z, we have to change dates. Being adaptable and being not, first of all, mad at them because it's their life. That's why they have you is because their life is chaotic and they need you to just help, not just rein it in, but just deal with it sometimes. But then also being like, oh, no problem. Like, and knowing, okay, I, I checked the refund, you know, on that when I booked it, like just knowing what the steps are gonna be and, and being able to easily adapt to that situation. You need to be a good communicator and not talking about as like, okay, you need to go and just like talk to everybody and like start all these conversations. No, before you just say, okay, wait, I'm not an extrovert. Like I definitely can't become an assistant. We're talking about strictly like if a client asks you to do something, don't just ignore him. Don't like just not email him back. Like let him know like, okay, like, hey, I'm going to take care of this task in the next couple hours. I'll have this over to you in five minutes. Whatever that is, responding back to your client, taking initiative to set up like a weekly, we always say like a check-in. Just when you're getting started, they can even be like, my check-ins with my clients are normally about five to 10 minutes, depending Mm -hmm. on that client and how much that client likes to talk. But it's just taking the initiative to constantly stay in contact with them. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and that's a good thing to say because I am an introvert and you're an extrovert. So we're very different people and we still have been able to work with clients really well. And I don't think that introverts are bad communicators. I think when people think that they can't be a VA because they're not an extrovert is whenever they realize they have to like find their own clients but still you're doing it from behind a screen for the most part it's just way different yeah you're not and you're also not going out and being like look at me these are all the amazing things that I can do I mean on some level you do that on an intro call but even then really you're not because the whole time you are getting out of them what they need you to do so you're always adding value and pouring into them So it honestly is more of like an introvert role. Mm -hmm. Extroverts are just better at it because they don't get burnt out on communication. Yeah. This is, it seems like a common one when I have calls with girls are like, but I, you know, I'm not an extrovert. I'm like, but you don't have to be like, Ariel is an amazing assistant, super successful, and she is not an extrovert. Mm -hmm. So yeah, it's basically just being, having open communication and staying in communication with your client. If you don't hear from them, it's not because they don't want to talk to you. It's because they're busy. So keep bugging them. Like mm-hmm. keep asking them like, hey, I didn't hear back from you yet on the time that you want to leave on Friday. What time do you want that to happen? Like bug them for the answers because that's what they need. Yes. So if you're a mom listening right now, you already have this skill. And that's be being a multitasker. So 
especially as an assistant, most of the time, you know, especially all the mamas in our program, they're moms. So most of them have littles at home. And then they're also, you know, have clients sending them over tasks. So you have to be able to be able to make breakfast and then also send an email within, you know, that five minutes that, or whenever your client needs that. So it's taking on multiple things at once. And if you have multiple clients or even sometimes you have one client and they're like super needy and they're like, I need this done and this done by noon today. Just make time and get that done. Most of the time, especially like a calendar management, you can like juggle that. And then also by updating, you know, a post for them or whatever you're, you whatever services you're going to offer. Or like you mentioned earlier when you said, you know, just be in communication with your client. Like if they send you a task, it's not like you're doing it right away, but you're responding and saying, hey, I got this. I'll get this to you by 2 p.m. or something like that. Most of the time you're sending that when you're multitasking, like you might be doing nap time or playing with your kids or at pickup or whatever. And you can do that from your phone. Mm -hmm. So it's just, it's realizing that you can adapt to different situations with the different tools that you have. You have your phone, you have your lap, your laptop, Wi-Fi is everywhere now. If you have your phone, you have a hotspot, just multitask and learn how to incorporate that throughout your day. That's a good example. Like we sit at the park a majority of the time and like, seems like summer and fall and we'll have our laptops there, but Mm -hmm. we'll also be like, talking to our kids, handing them lunch at the same time. Yeah. Like we're doing multiple Usually things. Listening to a podcast, <laughs> listening you know? to a podcast, talking to each we're other. We're probably a little extreme, but that's because we've been doing this for mm-hmm. so long. So at the beginning, you know, it might look a lot different for you and that's okay. Like you will grow into it. It's the same thing. If you have one kid, then you add right. another one. Okay. Well, same kind of thing. You're learning, you're adapting as you go. You're, you you know, you don't get the second one. You're like, I'm an expert at this. Yeah. Like you learn as you go. You need yeah. to learn that you have to take care of two kids at the same time. Yeah. Okay, so the next one is being autonomous. So this is, I feel like common sense, but we added it just to be sure that everyone understands that you have to be able to self-motivate and work on your own because you, like we said earlier, you don't have your client for the most part checking in with you every five seconds and making sure you're doing stuff. So that doesn't mean like if you're a procrastinator or something like that, you can't do this. I'm a procrastinator. I still do this really well and I still procrastinate in my job. Sometimes I work better when I procrastinate. So just because you're a procrastinator doesn't mean you can't do this. You just have to be able to manage that and know like, okay, I can procrastinate up until Thursday at whatever time. And then I have to get this done because this is when it's due. So you have to be able to work on your own without someone checking in on you all the time. Okay, so the very last one that we have for this 10 traits would be committed. And we always use the phrase, you have to own your role in our program And this is the word that we kind of use to encompass that because not only do you have to own your role whenever you're working with clients, but you have to own it before you even have a client. Because a lot of ladies will struggle with, I've never been a virtual assistant before. How do I sell myself? I don't have the confidence. And that's okay. There's a a section of that journey where you have to kind of fake it until you make it. Not Mm -hmm. in a toxic way, but in a, you have to continuously tell yourself and believe in yourself that you can do this. So being committed to making it happen, so just reinitiating what we said earlier, uh, but being consistent. And so doing the work every single day to find the client, to set up your career or your journey as a VA and all that. I would like to add to this. So if you go through a virtual assistant program like ours, this kind of popped in my head um, because we have a lot of ladies who say like, well, I'm not a virtual assistant, even though they're in our program and they've went through the program. Mm -hmm. When I was going through my dental assisting program, when I was completed, even though I didn't have a job yet, people would ask me what I do. I'd say, I'm a dental assistant. Mm -hmm. Didn't think anything about it. Even though I'd never worked in a dental office, Mm -hmm. I 
but I assumed I was a dental assistant. So same thing, if you go through a program or even if you just do all the research yourself, you gather all the information, you you are a virtual assistant. Even, I mean, a lot of moms, like whenever you're pregnant and you don't actually have a baby yet, people call you mama. They, mm-hmm. I remember my husband getting me a Mother's Day card. I'm like, what are you, I'm not a mom yet. <laughs> but when you take on that mindset of I'm a mom, mm-hmm. I am going to mother this baby, you are a mom. Yeah. Nothing will change that. So when you decide you're going to be a virtual assistant, stop saying I'm going to be a virtual assistant or I'm not a virtual assistant yet. Yeah. I'm not I a am client. a virtual assistant. And even if you've never worked for a client yet, especially if you've gone through a program like ours, like you have done work that mm-hmm. is virtual assistant work. So stop saying that. And that will help too with your confidence. That's not faking it because if you are practicing a certain role, you are in that role. Yeah. Yeah. So claim it. Be committed, and then when you show up to get that client or you show up for your client, you're going to show up with an entire new confidence. And when you are in conversation with clients and they ask you, like, what skills do you have, don't be afraid to use these as skills and talk about how you are motivated and resourceful and all those things and how that will help you be an amazing assistant. Most of them already know, but they just want to hear that. They want that confirmation. Thank you for tuning in and listening to the Mother Together podcast. If you want to hang out with us in real life, join our Facebook group, Mother Together. Go to Facebook, search Mother Together in groups, click join, and make sure to answer those questions. See you in the group. group.